0: Welcome to Capability Amplifier, the show for business owners and entrepreneurs who want high-performance upgrades for their brains, bodies, and
1: bank accounts.
0: Hey, this is Mike Koenigs, and welcome to another episode of the Capability Amplifier. I am here with Dan Sullivan. Hi, Dan.
1: How are you today,
0: Mike? And we've
1: been working night and day today.
0: We have. We started out very early, so we did a session together that resulted in a huge breakthrough. And the topic that got this conversation going in the first place is how to create a perfect simplifier multiplier moment. Mm -hmm. And it is a moment of alignment between two distinct, I'll say personality types, Mm -hmm. and what I call the tingle moment. That's when it feels like God is sprinkling fairy dust on your brain and you know that what you just heard is exactly what you need to do and it's gonna produce massive results in your life and business. So to get things rolling, what's a simplifier multiplier?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, you and I are good examples. So we have, I don't think it's necessarily a personality type, but I think it's an operating type that we have. I think everybody over a long period of time, and both you and I have been immersed in the entrepreneurial world for decades. And entrepreneurs, um, you know, people describe them as weird people or describe them as outlier people or everything else. But when you get to know them, you notice that they operate differently. And I've over the years seen two completely different operating modes for entrepreneurs. And one of them is called a simplifier. And a simplifier wants to take complexity and make it simple. They want to get rid of complication, complexity. So it's I would call it an inward movement. That simplifier goes inward and takes something that has a lot of different working parts, a lot of different steps, and reduces it to the bare minimum number of steps that would make it easy for people to do something much more easily. You know, online shopping on Amazon is a great example of if you compare online shopping before Amazon and online uh, shopping after Amazon, it's just a click. You know, I mean, I order a new book and I click and I click again. And it says, Dan, the book is on your Kindle, okay? Well, somebody really simplified that. And then the multiplier person takes a simple thing and gets it out into the world, okay? So probably Amazon is a great example of simplifier, multiplier, teamwork. Somebody in the, the Amazon company had an absolute passion for making things as simple as possible. And somebody in the Amazon company had a passion for taking the simple thing and making it available to everybody. And that, these are the two forks. One of them's inward, the other one is outward.
0: And I think what is important is for the two to learn how to communicate together in a way that's collaborative. I think that's one of the key things when you talk about the free zone frontier and how the perfect free zone frontier partners are simplifier multipliers who both have businesses and create a competition-free zone Mm -hmm. and are really thinking, I love to think of the formula as being one plus one equals 11, not two, not three or whatever else, and create their 10X, their 100X positive future. And I'm using coach language or Dan language there, but I had a tingle moment today when we did an exercise as a group in our Strategic Coach Free Zone Frontier session. And I realized that I was architecting how I could spend all my time in the space of being a multiplier. One of the ways that I describe being a multiplier all the time is I am really good at solving problems in a presentation format. In other words, someone can come up and say, hey, can you solve this problem? I can usually come up with a bunch of solutions really, really quickly that'll package an idea that a simplifier might have, articulate it to an audience, and then find multiple ways or mediums to get it out there. And I thought, now, if I could operate at peak state, all the time in a place of pure love and creativity and joy, what would it look like and what would I need in order to get there? Mm -hmm. And because I had this language and this framework that you provided, I thought about what kind of simplifiers and what the actions, activities, and tasks would be so I could stay in my state, they could do what they had, and we'd be able to produce super valuable product or content that would result in sales for a prolonged period of time and also build a replica build business model that wouldn't necessarily require me to be there, right? It's just gaining leverage. So I wanted to just stop for a moment and ask your perspective on that thinking and what were your observations after listening to several simplifiers and several multipliers describe what their take was on the exercise and also what you learned that you're going to be able to use as you iterate this process forward.
1: I saw something very, very clearly that if you're a simplifier, you don't need lessons on how to simplify things because you just naturally do it. And you don't really have to motivate yourself to be what you are. What you have to motivate yourself to do is to be friendly to the other side. In other words, if I'm a simplifier, and my main job is to be really friendly to Mike Koenig's who's a multiplier. And what I mean by friendly is that one is that you like working with me. Number two is that it's easy for you to take what I create and take it out to the world. But it's also from your standpoint, it's easy for me to take what you do and bring it into the strategic coach company, you know, and then make it available to all my other strategic coach innovators. What I think I bring to the table is that I can kind of look at, you know, an activity that produces value and I can break it down into the simplest number of steps and put context around it. And there's a model which we used in one of our workshops this weekend, it's called CASH, that there's a certain amount of knowledge you need to do this. There's the right attitudes. You have to have the right skills and you have to have the right habits if it's going to carry through. And, you know I've been doing this for 40 almost 50 years of helping entrepreneurs kind of simplify their way of being successful and then making it into a system that others can do all the work that the entrepreneur isn't doing it and then make it increasingly profitable and then make it last forever <laughs> so that's my passion in life and I would say that you're someone who can take all the ways that things can get multiplied in this world, then you can put them together into systems and then show people who have really good simplified breakthroughs, say, hey, all you have to do is do this and this and this and you can multiply this out in the world. And there's a lot of different levels to it, but you've kind of reduced it down to the four Ms. So you can talk through what the four M's is that anything in the world, you know, that's not harmful. We don't work on harmful things. We don't work on bad things. We don't work on, you know, illegal things or unethical things. But if it's good and it's got new kinds of value to it, you know how to take that thing and get it out into the world.
0: Okay. Yes. And the four Ms that you're talking to, before I say what it is, I want to set it up and say, when in doubt always rely on a framework or a structure to simplify the complex. And anytime I feel confused or overwhelmed or um, can't tap a solution, in other words, I feel as though great inspiration and great creativity happens by channeling. And when you understand how to implement this framework, which the four Ms are market, model, message, medium, And the definition of that through my lens is this. Any problem can be solved with a transformation. Mm -hmm. And that is from where you are to where you want to be. But first of all, you have to know where you want to be and and ask a lot of great questions to get there. Mm -hmm. And you've also got to be motivated enough to want that and block away anything that stands in your way from feeling courageous enough to take the first step. Mm-hmm. again relying not on instincts or unstructured stuff but you know you, you got to have a foundation so the foundation or luck yeah yeah there you go you know <laughs> I, I'm not a gambler i'd rather just have my money i'd rather keep it
1: well i'm not against luck no. i just don't know how to produce it on demand yes You know, one thing, we'll go down a
0: separate rabbit hole on that topic, which is Gay Hendricks wrote a book called Conscious Luck, and it's all about creating and crafting lucky circumstances and situations. And there is a psychology behind that.
1: Well, can I ask you the question, Yeah, you know, not to go down the rabbit hole, as you said here, but is conscious luck different from being friendly to the other side of the creative process?
0: I don't know how to answer that question because I think it's going to. Take I know all I'm saying
1: thought. is it's just a thought of mine that people who are unlucky, they kind of get in the way of luck. They kind of second guess luck, so they're lacking an ability just to when there's an opportunity take it.
0: Yeah. So here's the definition that Gay Hendricks starts with. He's got an eight-step process to becoming consciously lucky, and the first one is deciding that you're going to be lucky. And that actually changes your whole psychology and opens you up to put yourself into situations where you're more likely to be lucky. And by being around lucky people, it's really where opportunity and conscious, thoughtful manifestation collide. There's more to it than that. Hmm. But he has a very well thought out process for doing this. Can
1: I ask you a question? Yes. Is he lucky?
0: He's exceptionally lucky. Oh,
1: good. Yeah, he good. is. Yeah, I would check that out by someone who's writing the book and <laughs> yeah, how to be yeah, lucky that I'd, I'd check out see if he's actually lucky. You know, Napoleon did a lot of promoting. He brought a lot of younger officers up to senior ranks because, well, a lot of the older ones got killed. And <laughs> yeah, you don't have to pay pensions. That's one nice thing about that whole approach. <laughs> he had one question when somebody was recommending recommending a young officer who could be promoted, and Napoleon said, well, I know he's good, or you wouldn't be recommending him, but my biggest question is, is he lucky? And the story comes that people said, well, what's lucky? He says, it's about 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> said, no, they said, what's the difference between unlucky and lucky? He said, oh, it's about 10 seconds. In other words, usually the things that will prove that you're lucky or unlucky happen very, very fast, and they happen... I mean, you just have to be alert to something where the unlucky person is not alert.
0: That is really nuanced and elegant. It really is. I hadn't thought it through that lens because, again, just to finish this little rabbit hole we before we pop into the four Ms, is Gay's thought process is, first of all, deciding you're going to be lucky. And Gay had a friend who is very lucky. Mm-hmm. And the first time he really got exposed to this thinking, was he's sitting next to his buddy and there was a raffle going on. And his friend just said, I'm going to win that. And Gay said, how do you know that? And he says, because I'm lucky. I win all the time. I'm really lucky. And Gay watched him and the guy actually won. And Gay decided from that moment forward that he was going to be lucky too. And he started being a lot more lucky. But then yeah. he started really thinking about what could he do to make himself more lucky all the time and he's had a career of it. You two are about the same age, one year apart, and he's got a lot of winnings and he's been in really fascinating circumstances and situations in business and life. You know, everything from being on the Oprah show, which he thinks was a lucky moment to getting involved in some very early technology mm-hmm. platforms that have made him an enormous amount of money, but also given him the ability to work with and coach and advise Lots of interesting celebrities and people, all because he was in the right place at the right time. But from his perspective, it wasn't random. It was luck being a conscious opportunity.
1: Yeah. So all right. So So going back to simplifier and multiplier, what did that distinction do for you, Mike? The exercise? Well, I mean, we've been discussing it going on a year now. I probably last October, November, we started talking about it. But I found that When you say it, there's kind of like an instant read on the part of entrepreneurs. But when you say it to people who are not entrepreneurs, there isn't an instant read. Yeah. So my instant read is... We're kind of entrepreneurs from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't come up with it. Somebody in one of my workshops said, you know, I think I'm a better simplifier than a multiplier. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Just stop right there. Just stop right there. What do you mean by that? Well, that I'm really good at kind of getting things really right at the center, but I'm not as good as getting the new center out to the world. I said, I totally understand. And I said, how many of you in the room understand that? Every hand went up. I had 29 and I said, okay, let's do a instant exercise. I said, just draw a line down the middle and you're going to put three things on the left of the line and three things on the right of the line. On the left, it's going to be simplifier successes you've had as an entrepreneur. Now, where have you taken something complicated or confusing and you've simplified it so that a lot of other people can just understand and actually take action? Great, great breakthrough. Where have you done that? And where have you taken something that's already simplified, it's already good, but not many people know about it and you've gotten it out to the world? And they did that. And then I had them get together and talk about it, 29 people. And at the end of it, I said, which are you clear that you favor one side rather than the other? All the hands went up. I said, How many simplifiers out of twenty-nine there were fifteen? How many multipliers? Fourteen. And I said, you know, going forward, when you have an idea, if you're a simplifier. Talk to somebody who's a multiplier, you'll save a lot of time, you'll save a lot of effort, and everything like that. But what I found was it was probably one of the easiest ideas to communicate. People are a bit frustrated because their history as an entrepreneur has required them to do both. But if they really tell the truth about their energy level, their passion level, their success level, they say, very definitely, I'm a simplifier, I'm a multiplier. I'm a simplifier. You know, I'm a simplifier. When you suggested that we do a podcast, I said, bingo. When you said I can show Strategic Coach how to get people phoning them, I said, bingo. And not much opposition for me. Right. So as I'm listening
0: to you, I'm thinking about the why and what are the characteristics and what this has meant for me. So I think I've intuitively understood it, but I hadn't been able to articulate it and then understand how to really notice who is what and who complements best. So I'll give you an example from years in the past when I would be with someone who would be a high fact finder. And very often high fact finders are simplifiers in my experience too. They're the higher probability of it anyway, where a quick start on the Colby scale is more likely to be a multiplier. I'm sure that's not an always, but this is just my rough estimate. But I had people, for example, who ran my books and focused on organization. And I would be driven nuts by them because they asked too many questions. And I'd be like, I just want to get done. Let's just do this thing so we can get through this, make some money and move on to the next thing. And they're like, no, 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 no. We have to do this and this. And what would happen if and boom, boom, boom. And that used to drive me crazy. Until I realized that those were the people who actually helped create a real business that would actually stick around, that people would want to work at versus one that was all over the place all the time and in a constant state of chaos, disorder, and bodies laying in the streets when the clear cutters were done, right? And I think that was an early exposure. And I really learned to love the high fact finder organizational structured simplifiers, just not knowing any better, Mm. So if you fast forward to now and we think about a great partnership, it really comes from being able to listen, articulate, and package and have someone go in and be able to listen to all the stuff that's going on, sift and sort it in a way that's digestible by both types, a simplifier and a multiplier, Mm -hmm. and be executed on and be valued, right? Because you can't have a transaction without someone understanding very quickly what the value is. And even just what you described right now, which was the idea of let's do a podcast about Simplifier Multiplier. It was like, yep, we need to do that. I call that the tingle moment. That's when you know it's the right thing to do. And then on the other side, it's when we decided during our conversation, hey, let's work on this project together because A... Who wouldn't want more high-quality clients raising their hands saying, I already know I want to work with you. How do we sign up? That's every business owner wants that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And there is a science to it and an art to it. And it requires, again, both sides. Mm -hmm. So I think... You said something a little bit earlier today, too, that we just talked about, which was if you're a simplifier, you don't have to work at simplifying. You have to work at being a multiplier friendly. Yeah. And then, of course, vice versa. And vice versa. Yep. So learning the art of listening, it really is what a great copywriter is. It's great compassion and empathy skills. You've got to listen and hear and then value the simplifier, and the simplifier knowing that the source of ongoing opportunity and income and having an audience that you can actually monetize comes from the process of multiplying. Now, that's an oversimplification, but it certainly is one application of it.
1: I mean, there's a lot of historical examples of this. I mean, if you're in the United States, one of the most obvious is McDonald's. The McDonald brothers had two restaurants in Southern California. And they had created a really, really great hamburger restaurant and they had huge crowds that would come to them. The only problem is they really didn't have the ability to see beyond two restaurants. And Ray Kroc was an employee of the McDonald brothers. And he said, you know, we can, we can go a lot bigger with this. And, you know, making a, probably a longer story short. He got the franchise model and. McDonald's is the role model for virtually every franchise for the last 50, 60 years. As a matter of fact, Burger King actually simplified it even further. I don't know if you know the story. I actually don't know the story. What happened? Well, Burger King had no research department of where they should put their...
0: (laughs) I get it. I already see it.
1: (laughs) Wendy's did the same thing. Yeah. And CBS did the same thing to Walgreens. Everywhere you see Walgreens, you immediately look around and see where's the CBS because it's Kenny
0: Corner. Yes. Walgreens
1: has all the market research. And not only do they do the market research, but they actually do a lot of the marketing because where's the drugstore?
0: <laughs> so I'll tell you what I used to have in my head. I'd look at it and I'd think, Well, wherever you've got one thing, if you've got another thing just like at a competitor, it really shows the world it's sort of like it's proving that what that is, is real. So if you're trying something out, if suddenly there's five or six like it and people are constantly barraged by marketing and messaging and opportunity, it just becomes like your neighbor next door. I used to call this the La Jolla effect, which is, I remember for years, one of the ways I would get business, for example, is I used to work out at a club in La Jolla where there were very wealthy entrepreneurs there. And I was always friendly and chatty and talk to people and that kind of thing. And eventually, I'd get approached by someone saying, you know, I see you here all the time. What is it that you do? Is there some way I can help you? And it just because I was a familiar, safe face. And you could be living next to a monster. And eventually, they're going to become familiar and safe to you as long as they don't eat you or your babies, you know? And it's really interesting how we familiarize ourselves, And safety comes in the form of familiarity and repetition. Yeah.
1: You know, if you go to older cities, they have districts. You know, one of the most famous is in New York City, which is the Diamond District on 47th Avenue between 5th and 6th Avenue. It's all diamond stores. You know, I mean, they're all competitors with each other, but in a certain way, they're collaborators, okay, because they're collectively drawing a crowd, they're collectively bringing people to that district. And so, If you were the only store, you might have to spend a lot more on marketing, you probably have to spend a lot. But if you're one of 20 stores, yeah. 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 So the thing is that for an entrepreneur, and we're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs listening to capability amplifier, one of the big things is get quick. What do you naturally favor? Simplifying things or multiplying things that other people have simplified. And if you're a multiplier, if At a certain point, you're running out of multiplier. Go back and look for somebody who's a simplifier and do a collaboration with them. And if you're a simplifier, do a collaboration with someone whose their natural bent is to take something. They're not going to simplify it. They just want to get it out and make it useful to a lot of people. Then once you're convinced of which you are, try to be that way 100%. And wherever there's multiplying necessary. Find someone who does multiplying hundred percent, put 200 percents together.
0: And here's one of the things that we're going to be doing. We've allocated one of our next episodes. It's either going to be the next one or the one following that. And I'll say it's actually both because both play a part. We are going to illustrate exactly how a simplifier multiplier collaboration works mm-hmm. by deconstructing several projects that we're working on right now. So I'll just preframe this and say one of them is this exercise that we've talked about, our Free Zone Frontier Project, where we're creating collaboration inside the strategic coach organization for the sole purpose of creating messages that attract more high-quality clients and customers into the organization. Yes, And if you've listened to two of our past episodes, it was Marisa Brasfield and I going through and deconstructing all the sales objections that pop up for virtually any kind of a higher ticket or a coaching sale. But in this particular case, we used strategic coach. Hmm. So in fact, what we did is we used our simplifier multiplier approach to craft content, sales training content for the departments in strategic coach and by making it an embedded episode, it's like a meta exercise, meaning yeah. it hopefully will attract right fit people, listen to this podcast and say, shoot, I have no excuse not to join strategic coach, you know, so it's training, it's an exercise, and it's a perfect simplifier multiplier. Yeah. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty and we're going to deconstruct how do you organize and work within a departmental organization? Mm -hmm. where there's different people with different motives and incentive and compensation plans to get them on the same page. And then the subsequent one is with what I believe, and this is the breakthrough I had today with the original simplifier multiplier exercise. I had a breakthrough and an awareness on a process that I started doing almost 30 years ago. And I've almost taken it for granted, not realizing that it's the perfect synchronicity between a Simplifier Multiplier that gets the most done, that earns the most money minute for minute invested over anything I've ever done in my entire career and will reveal that process in that episode. So how's
1: that for a little bit of a teaser? I'd be excited just to listen to that.
0: Me too, because it's the first time I really thought about it and organized it. So it's going to be something that we get to collaborate with and you're going to end up asking great questions and I think magic's going to come out of it. I have one other thing that we're going to try this time also that we're going to add, Dan. If you're listening to this right now, pull out your phone and text the word MORE to 858-434-5316. Because one of the things that Dan and I put together is another way to communicate with us, to give us feedback, ideas, and suggestions. This goes directly to us. And it's using a new system called Community. It's the same messaging system that Gary Vaynerchuk uses... Oprah, Ellen DeGeneres, lots of celebrities, and I got early access to it so we can experiment with it. It's an interesting text platform, but it allows for one-on-one and group messaging in a super, super personalized way. So you'll be able to see how it works. So one more time, that's text the word MORE to 858-434-5316. And for doing that, we're going to send you the transcript from today's show along with The sales objections that I mentioned as well. So, you're actually going to get a whole list of them that you can adapt and use in your own organization. And I think if all you do is use those right now, it's going to help you enroll more people in any product or service they're already using. What do you think of that, Dan? I think that's great. Awesome.
1: I'm on my toes, tippy toes. So, Dan, what would you like to say to wrap this baby up? The big thing that we talk about capability amplifier, well, you have a capability. But to amplify your capability, you actually have to do a teamwork. Okay, so the number one amplifier of any person's capability is someone who has a different skill that you can do a collaboration with.
0: That is so simple, so elegant, and absolutely true. And I really do believe that you can move mountains with thoughts. And the simplifier multiplier partnership and collaboration is the fastest way to make that happen. So, Mm -hmm. well, this has been a super fun, super interesting episode. As usual, Dan, I appreciate you. And for you listening at home or wherever you're consuming this, thank you so much for being part of our lives. Will you head over to iTunes right now to rate the Capability Amplifier show? Every rating and review helps spread the message and create more empowered entrepreneurs like you. And if you've already done that, please share this episode with a friend who you know can benefit from Capability Amplifier. And if you have any questions or suggestions, head over to capabilityamplifier.com. There you can leave us an audio message and Dan and I listen to every single one of them. Thanks again for listening. and We'll see you soon.